What is going on, Only Playbook fans? We are back. Week 12 is officially over. Man, playoffs, no playoffs. I think if you, at this point, you either know or you don't know, right? So yeah. I think it's the harsh reality that you kind of have to face. I think there's two weeks left in most uh, fantasy football leagues before playoffs kick off. Uh, I am Sweetcar. I got Shove It with me. Shove It, two weeks till playoffs, man. It's been a long time since you've been on the pod. Welcome back. Yeah, it feels good to be back, man. But yeah, you're right, man. It's that time of the year where you're like, either you make it, you don't. I have like a slim hope, slim hope, but I wish that JJ wasn't on bye week. But Dude. there's still a chance. It's not over. Uh, two leagues, one of the leagues I'm looking pretty good. The sec- the the league that we're in, it's not looking so good. But man, it, you know, we're, we're, I'm hoping, I'm praying. Yeah, dude, the JJ news is unfortunate. Um, the way the fact that they activated him immediately today and said he's probably going to play after the bye means that if yesterday's game was so important that it was like the game that d- helped decide the you know if they were going to make the playoffs or not, I right. think he would have played. So it's unfortunate to see that uh he's not going to play. And now that's what like eight weeks maybe that you've missed with Justin Jefferson. Like that's dude, that's a lot. That's that's, that's a half lot. of half of the actual regular season. And that's so much of the fantasy season. So uh, it's unfortunate. All you can hope is that when he comes back for like the last two weeks or the last week, if you're in the playoffs, that he just uh, goes back to old JJ, because then that would make it that much sweeter. But um, injuries have been awful this year, man. I'm trying to remember a year where I felt like injuries have been as bad as this. Um, and it's not even like, it's not like my team is completely decimated. I've had injuries, but it's just every week you're looking ar- ar- yeah. around the league and it's just like big time players just going down, right? Not even just like randos, but like big time players, quarterbacks left and right. Uh, so it has definitely been that kind of year. And if you've avoided the injury bug, then like, what's funny is in our, in our league, Shashot has avoided the injury bug and he's number one in my other league. Jake has avoided the injury bug and he's number one, the common denominator. They both have Tyree kill on their team. So, ah. uh, I don't know if that's, it's the Tyree kill and the lack of, uh, injuries, but yeah, I mean, but it, it, the coincidence is there, but dude, it's, it's been crazy. So we'll definitely break all of it down. Uh, do you have any thoughts before we get into all the action? No, I mean, Hey, you know, they, they have a solid team. She's so got a solid team. So I won't take that away from him, but it's definitely nicer when your players don't get, it's like concussions or hamstring injuries. Right. And it's, uh, it's just, it's been a lot. You're right. But let's dive in this. I'm ready to do this. Let's do it. Let's kick things off. It was just Thanksgiving weekend. So we had a lot of football before Sunday. Let's kick it off with the rundown. Thursday night football, Thanksgiving triple header. The Packers and the Lions first game on the board. Packers upset the Lions in Detroit 29 to 22. Cover the eight and a half point dog spread over 47 and a half caches. I am on this teeter-totter roller coaster, as is the rest of the world, as are Packers fans probably, about Jordan Love. Like, what did you see from him this game? And what can we take away from this game? Dude, Jordan Love Love had a great game, right? Three touchdowns, 268 yards, going into Detroit and beating the Detroit Lions. He had a solid game. And I think that if you have a roster spot, you should definitely consider uh, picking him up, right? They face the Chargers uh, and the Lions after the Chiefs game next week. So maybe you not you don't start them against the Chiefs. They have a pretty good defense. But the week following, uh, you know, you can definitely deploy Jordan Love in hopes that he'll have a similar game as he did against the Lions this week. Uh, another guy that's been really good is Jaden Reed for uh, the Packers. Uh, I think that's like three games in a row now, touchdowns. Either it's a rushing touchdown or it's a passing touchdown, right? So he's been a bright spot with double-digit points in the last three of his games, seven targets last week, and two rushing attempts. So, you know, you're seeing, you're seeing the uh, kind of Aaron Aaron Jones kind of falling off. And so he's hurt, uh, yeah. He, he, he's Him being hurt, hurt right? Dylan sucking, and more right. running, running for Reed. 
Right. So that's more opportunities for, for Reed. Uh, and another guy, right? And I think you, you'll highlight him as well. But Christian Watson has been doing, uh, you know, he, he's he's seeing touchdowns, which is like, which is great. He's seeing more snaps as well. So you like that from the wide receiver one. Uh, and so a lot of good things going the Packers way. And also not to take away from uh, their defense as well. You know, Packers defense who uh, had a solid game last week, 15 points on sleeper. But th- like I said, outside of the Chiefs matchup next week, they face the Giants, the Buccaneers, the Panthers, Minnesota, and Chicago. So if you have a bench spot to roster a defense to get ready for the playoffs, I think the Packers defense is a good good team to uh, go after and and put on your bench. Yeah, I feel like we we rode this roller coaster with the Packers where there was a point in the season where we're like, is there a single Packer that you would consider starting in fantasy? Probably not. And now we're kind of all the way back. Jordan Love has been pretty good. Um, AJ Dillon's kind of the only running back. So out of necessity, you're probably starting him if you're a Dillon owner. Uh, and like you said, Jaden Reed's fantastic. I think he is the most electric receiver on their offense. He's the one that jumps out the most. He's the one that they use the most in different ways. They design plays and, uh, you know, draw things up for him specifically. So you love to see that. Uh, I did want to talk about Watson. It's back-to-back weeks with the touchdown. I mean, is this the random touchdown streak kind of like what he had last year with Rodgers? If so, I mean, a hot streak could be, you know, coming for Watson specifically because of the schedule that you mentioned, right? You have the Giants, you have Tampa Bay, you have Carolina, you have Minnesota. Outside of that, you have Kansas City. So it's one bad matchup, but then the rest are all middling teams that you can throw the football against. So really good matchup for those players. Uh, Watson's a free agent in in, in my other league. Uh, right. I'm And I had picked him up in our league and dropped him again. So he's definitely out there because the consistency, consistency has not been there. Uh, but these are the kind of guys, man, you're going into the playoffs. Who are you going to want to throw in in your flex, especially in a 12-team league, it's not like you know we have stacked rosters where we already know what the lineup's going to look like. Sometimes it's going to take picking up one of these guys to win. And the schedule, uh, the pa- fact that the Packers are back in the playoff race, so you know they are going to be playing for something, uh, that really bodes well for Reed, for Watson, for Love. So I'm definitely with you. It's a weird world we're living in where right now, you know, two Packers receivers and Jordan Love is is a great fantasy play. Yeah. The Commanders and the Cowboys. The Cowboys always playing on Thanksgiving at home. They destroyed Washington 45 to 10 final. Cover the 13 and a half point spread over 48 and a half caches. Uh, the quarterback play here, Dak Prescott. I got to give him his kudos. I, I, I've been a big Dak not believer, non believer uh, for as long as Dak's been in the NFL, uh, but he's been fantastic for fantasy and. I guess, you know, for actual football as well. Another top five quarterback finish. He was quarterback three on the week. The last six weeks, he's been top three, five times, Chauvet. Five times in the last six weeks, he's been a top three quarterback finish. Uh, And he still gets Seattle. He still gets Philly, who you can throw on. He still gets Buffalo, who you can throw on. He still gets Miami, who you can throw on. And the championship week, he gets the Detroit Lions, who Jordan Love just absolutely destroyed. So Dak Prescott, despite the fact that his running floor is not as high as some of these cream of the crop guys, there's not a guy that you'd probably want in the fantasy playoffs uh, outside of Dak. I have Dak in my other league. I feel great about it. Uh, So he's got a really, really good matchup. Um, And I think what also kind of goes hand in hand with that is if you're a Cowboys player in the playoffs, if you're a CD lamb owner, even if you're a uh, Brandon cooks owner and Tony Pollard, if you're any of those owners, your schedule is pretty friendly into the playoffs in fantasy football. So as a Cowboys owner, especially even their defense, man, uh, I think you're stacking Dallas Cowboys heading into this playoff run. Uh, Tony Pollard, like I mentioned, back-to-back top 12 finishes RB nine this week with 19 points. Uh, The key there, six catches, six catches is what you like to see from Tony Pollard. Again, back, 
back-to-back weeks with a touchdown. So finding the end zone, that regression is back where he wasn't scoring since week one, found the end zone in back-to-back weeks. Uh, sexy matchups coming up. So I think for the Dallas Cowboys team, it's a full, full send. Uh, what did you see kind of on the commander side? Yeah, sticking in with staying with the quarterback theme, you know, Sam Howell, he's been one of these guys that we talk about, like a uh, great, a lot of passing yards and seeing a lot of fancy points of fancy owners, a filler guy. Um, and, and he he had a, a midday, right? Just a rushing touchdown and 300 yards, no passing touchdowns. But he's up, up against Miami, uh, who, like Dallas, have the like the ability to score a lot of points. So I think that as you know, the, with the way the commanders are, they're going to be they're going they're going to be coming from behind a lot. So I think Sam Howell is still a solid play for fantasy and, and is a startable player uh not in the caliber of Dak obviously uh but you know he's still a guy that can produce you points yeah yeah absolutely and uh I mean what he's he's definitely top 10 he might even be a top five oh, quarterback yeah. on the season right Right. Uh, I don't know where he exactly falls, but definitely did not see that coming into this season. And he's one of those unsung heroes that right now, you know, you're, you're, you're in the playoffs and you're facing a guy who's got Sam Howell starting part of you is like, oh yeah, that's sick. I'm, I'm playing against Sam Howell. But then you look at his like game log and the fact that he puts up points and the fact that his yeah. team is always down and he throws like 50 times a game, dude, the points are inevitable for that type right. of offense. The third game of the triple header on Thanksgiving, the Seattle Seahawks at home to the San Francisco 49ers, another another divisional matchup. 49ers came on the road with the 12th man and said, we don't care. 31 to 13, they win this game, cover the seven and a half point spread over 43 and a half caches. It's the same story, different week for the 49ers. Show it. We've talked about this all year. It's so apparent. They have four superstars. CMC is the constant. He's always going off. There's just not a week where CMC doesn't go off. The stats are actually stupid. His worst finish on the season is RB15 with 13 fantasy points. Like that is insanity. He's got seven out of 11 weeks where he's a top five finisher, nine out of 11 weeks where he's a top 10 finisher. I mean, there's not a better fantasy player than Christian McCaffrey, but that aside, this was another week. Last week, what was it? Kittle went off. Ayuk went off. CMC had his. Debo had the quiet game. This week, CMC went off. Ayuk had two for 50, but he found the end zone. Debo, seven for 79, but also found the end zone on the ground. What does that mean? The odd man out. George Kittle, three catches, 19 yards. This is the roulette of the offense. You're just going to have to pick your poison. It's hard. You're not ever benching one of these guys, in my honest opinion. So you just have mm-hmm. to hope that for the next four weeks, the Russian roulette, if you're one of these players, uh, does not land on you for the guy that's going to lay the dud. Because Every week, one of these four, not CMC, one of these three, Kittle, Ayuk, and Debo will be a dud. And this week, it was Kittle. Uh, On the Seahawks side, talk to me about their running game. Yeah, so uh, Charbonnet is the uh, running back that got the starting uh, responsibilities with Kenneth Walker out. And, you know, the, the the Seahawks just aren't that good for Charbonnet to be productive in the fantasy world. And it sucks. They're playing a neg- negative game script. Uh, it hurts his fantasy productions. You really want to see a game where you could see Charbonnet in his full potential, and you're just not going to get that, right? Uh, he had he did have four targets, 14 carries. And next up is the Dallas Cowboys. Again, negative d- game script. I think that it's just continue. It's going to be a, even if Kenneth Walker's back, it's going to be 50, 50 split carry. So you have to uh, go into your matchup knowing that and just have expectations that he's just probably, he may get into the touch end zone get you some points that way. But uh, it, it it's just a landscape of the Seahawks team as a whole. And that running back uh, uh, just not being able to be productive in offense. The, the problem, the problem with the Charbonnet situation is I think they have a quick turnaround and I'm pretty sure Seahawks play on Thursday night. Uh, if I'm not wrong, I think they play oh. on Thursday night and I think they play the Cowboys on Thursday night. Right. Did you just mention, I think it was the Cowboys. Yeah. They play they the have. Cowboys. Yep. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure it's Thursday night. The Cowboys are playing back to back Thursday nights. What's crazy about that. It probably means Ken Walker doesn't play. 
What's crazier about that is you're dying. People are dying to find a starting running back. That's the lone running back in their backfield, right? So all signs would point, you know, full send, but it's the Cowboys defense, but it's week 13, which I have been circling this week since the beginning of the season. This is the worst, worst, worst bye week situation for my, both of my teams combined. It's absolutely atrocious. There's six teams on by and it's the most cream of the crop players you can think of, man. So, uh, I think you have to start Charbonnet against the Cowboys and you're not going to be happy about it. It's going to be very inefficient. Uh, you're going to have to hope for some garbage touchdown, or you're going to have to hope that he's catching five to six passes out of the backfield to salvage his day. Not a good matchup, but I don't think Ken Walker plays on a short week and he's the only guy. Like if he's the only guy there and six teams are on a bye, let me run uh-huh. through the bye weeks real quick in terms of running backs, right? So you have the Ravens, you have Gus Edwards, Keaton Mitchell, you have the Bills, you have James Cook, Latavius Murray, you have the Raiders, so you have Josh Jacobs, you have the Bears, so you have their stupid running back field. You have the Vikings, so you have Madison Chandler, and you have the Giants, so you have Saquon Barkley. So six teams on a bye. I mean, you probably have to start Charbonnet. Uh, and even if Ken Walker plays, he's probably limited. So with six teams on a buy, maybe you still start Charbonnet. Like, uh, it's one of those weeks where I just, I, I can't see a world where you're finding a better option. Yeah, no, I agree with you. But how about the Cowboys getting two back-to-back Thursday night? They're so lucky, right? Like every other team it's has to play nice. on a Sunday and a Thursday. And then yeah. like, so so I think the, you know, Dallas Cowboys are going to be just fine. But yeah, you're right. The Seahawks, you start, you have to go with Charbonnet. Um, but, you know, you got to curb your expectations for sure. Yeah, definitely. Not only did we get three games on Thursday, this year they said Black Friday. We are going to throw another football game on there. The Dolphins and the Jets on Black Friday, 34-13. to Miami destroys New York in New York. Cover the 9.5-point spread over 40.5 caches. Um, I mean, they won the game, won the game pretty handily. Uh, we talk about fantasy here, Shovit, but Tua Tagovailoa, fantasy-wise, thoughts? Not very good, man. Not very good. Uh, he only has two games over 18 points since week six. And, you know, I, I don't think it's his fault, really. You got, you got Raheem Mostert and you got A-Chan coming back. Uh, you know, it's just they they run the ball and pass the ball. Like, it, it, it's a it's a really good mix. So the good thing about the two uh, owners is that, you know, they, they play the Titans next week. So you have to have them out there you know, at least one week. But mm-hmm. just have a backup ready. You know, maybe Jordan Love. And we'll talk about him later. Uh, but it's it's not looking good as far as fantasy-wise for Tua, for sure, uh, despite the wins. Um also, sticking, uh, staying with Dolphins, uh, Jeff Wilson got the RB2 responsibilities with HN, uh, not HN Hinjard, and Salvin Ahmed was also out, but he's coming back next week. So there's not much you can do about that. You'll see his efficiency uh, 11 carries, average 5.1 yards per carry, but I don't think that that's anything that you can use to have Wilson on your team, uh, especially since HN is coming back. And, uh, and you know, just Waddle Hill had both strong days. So that's just going to continue on and, and nothing new there. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the two attack of Iloa thing is weird. I, I think he is definitely a system quarterback. I think he's definitely matchup based. Like if you look at the games where he's had great, great games, right? He was QB one against the chargers. They're probably one of the worst defenses in the league. He was QB two right. against Denver early in the season when Denver was one of the worst teams in the league. And he was QB three against the Carolina Panthers. We're going to draft first overall. All right. So those are the three games where Tua has put up startable numbers. And then you have QB 22 against Philadelphia. 22, right? 22. How many 20-man leagues are you playing in fantasy football where 22nd quarterback gets started? None. 26, he was QB 26 against the Patriots, and then he was also QB 26 against the Jets. So you're having 
complete opposite ends of the spectrum. You're not having a guy that you can consistently start and has a floor. You're having a guy where either he's booming or he's completely busting for you. So he is a complete matchup-based player. The schedule is not great. He's got the Jets, he's got Dallas, and he's got Baltimore. Yikes, 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 yikes. I don't want oh, yeah. any part of Tua Tagovailoa. What's crazy about all that, though, is it does not matter for Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is the MVP. Tyreek Hill could have Deion Sanders and Daryl Revis double teaming him uh, in their primes, and he'd probably still get open. So uh, I think the MVP talks for Tyreek Hill just continue to get louder and louder, although I think probably Jalen Hurts is going to win it after that stupid uh, performance that he had. But that's the situation with Tua, right? He's putting, and he did this last year too. And I, I wanted us to not fall into this trap early this season. I said it, I was like, he's going to be good against the bad teams and he's going to be okay against the good teams because first read Tua is fantastic. When the first read's not there, he's not so great. So uh, that's the reality of Tua. Uh, I don't think you're going to start him in the playoffs. I think you are looking elsewhere right. and it's a struggle bus in terms of where you're looking this week. I'm starting Russell Wilson against Houston and it's a week to week thing. Houston's not that bad of a matchup, but the other options are Baker Mayfield. Kenny Pickett is who I thought of starting this week. Show it. I thought of starting wow. Kenny Pickett. That's where we're at with the waiver wire, with quarterbacks, with six teams on a bye. So uh, if you don't have Russell Wilson or Baker Mayfield, I honestly think Kenny Pickett might be your best option in terms of streaming quarterbacks this week. That That's where we're at. <laughs> that, that's tough. That's tough. Week 13 is the worst week, dude. It's the yeah. worst, worst week for me. Uh, way too many buys. Kicking it over to Sunday, the first game on the board, the Saints and the Falcons in a divisional matchup. Falcons win this game at home 24 to 15, cover the one and a half point dog spread under 42 and a half caches. I'm sick of watching Derek Carr play football. Are you? Yeah, absolutely. Derek Carr needs to get his shit together. Like zero touchdowns for Carr last game. He throws that pick six and he's like, oh yeah, you know, just kudos to the defense for doing really well. You know, no man, just... You can't throw a pick six when you're in the red zone like that. What are you doing? And what sucks for Carr is like when you were talking about guys that you could stream, I was like, maybe Derek Carr. But what sucks is the injuries in the receiving core for Derek Carr and the Saints. Olave getting concussed, leaving in the second half was brutal for fantasy. Uh, is, is, is brutal for fantasy. It was not brutal because he still got 18 still points. A great day. Yeah. yeah, still had a great day in the second half. Uh and so it's it, there's a potential that he doesn't play week 13. Michael Thomas is on IR and Shahid is looking like he's going to be out. So what does that mean? This the guy that you hate the most could potentially be a good start. Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill yeah. could step up, have a big day. Also, Alvin Kamara probably has a better day than he did last week. Um, but in terms of wide receiver one, you know, I'm I'm also in like the injury and uh bye week situation. So I'm considering AT Perry. I mean, a lot there's no other receivers out there. Like, who else is Derek Carr going to throw it to? And so I think AT Perry may be someone that you might want to look into uh to be, have a filler spot. But but you're right, man. Derek Carr, he's just gotta step it up. Dude, yeah, I don't think Olave is going to play. We've seen like maybe one player. Alexander Madison is the only one I can think of that had a concussion and ended up playing the following week. So uh, maybe the fact that it was a mid-game concussion changes it. I don't know. I still think he doesn't play. It's probably a long shot. They're playing the Lions. And Jordan Love just absolutely carved up the Detroit Lions this week. And they're playing at home. So they're playing in New Orleans. Alvin Kamara's receiving props might be something that's worth looking into. Uh, Taysom Hill, any sort of props might like combined yards might be something looking into. Um, but yeah, dude, AT Perry is actually not a bad option. I don't think he's a bad option. He's actually a decent receiver. He was a decent receiver in college. Uh, he's a big body. He can go up and get the football. Um, I mean, and like you said, 
process of elimination. Who are they right. going to throw the football to here? Uh, I mean, we have seen a world where Kamara had like 19 targets on checkdowns. So could that be this week? Certainly. Uh, but against the Lions in a shootout, I think the Lions are going to be able to score. The, the Saints are going to have to keep up. You definitely want to uh, have somebody on the field. And with six teams on by, not the worst option, A.T. Perry. Uh, but Bijan on the other side, man. Bijan is so good. I'm so glad he's good. I'm so glad they're unleashing him. Uh, it still could be better. Two touchdowns, but the usage still is not like the guy because Tyler Algier still exists. What's crazy is all of that, like underperforming, all of that. We want more from Bijan, all of that. Man, it just feels like there's something to be desired. He's RB6 on the season, Jobit. He is a top six running back, despite the fact that there's a guy eating 40% of his touches. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the world where Bijan Robinson is touching the football like Christian McCaffrey? I didn't overhype this man, bro. This man is a freaking beast next year i hope tyler algier's gone i hope arthur smith's gone i hope there's a world where people view Bijan robinson and the usage similar to like ecklers and those guys and he is a top three undoubtable undoubtedly a top three pick and the best thing about Bijan is if you had Bijan and you're making the playoffs despite the you know lackluster whatever i can't even say lackluster rb6 despite the non 20 plus point performances that you expect from your number one pick right despite that if you're making the playoffs he has a really, really favorable schedule. You get the Jets, who you can run on. You get Carolina, but your playoffs are Indianapolis and Chicago. So, wow. dude, though that I tried to trade for Bijan, no go, didn't happen. Uh, had a chance last night, did not get, the, get did not get the job done. Um, but that is a very favorable schedule. So, Bijan Robinson, one of the few running backs in the playoffs that I'm like, man, full send. This guy uh, looks really good. Usage is great. Situation's great. Uh, and the schedule is great. So uh, finally start to see Bijan really be Bijan. It only took 12 weeks. Um, and hopefully, you know, the rest of the season is just touchdowns on touchdowns on touchdowns. Let's kick it over to Cincinnati where your Steelers were in town and it played a disgusting divisional game. Quite kind of like what the games the Steelers typically play nowadays, but they won this game 16 to 10, cover the two and a half point spread under 36 and a half caches. Shove it. I'm going to let you talk, but all I want to say is how crazy, how crazy, that the first week Matt Canada gets fired and the Steelers put up 400 yards of offense. It's almost like, it's almost like he was the problem, but I'll let you talk. Yeah. I mean, that that's amazing. You know, I, I think he just, it just riled up the crowd. And I think that the riled up the team and they were able to get connected. They were able to run the ball well. And we saw a big fire move day. You know, the moot was loot. Those downfield, middle of the middle of the field throws to Firemuth was money all throughout the game. And uh, they continue to target him. Nine receptions, 120 yards. So you want to see those passing plays down the field. And Kenny Pickett did a really good job of connecting with not only Firemuth, Deontay Johnson, um, and uh, and um, George Pickens as well. You want to see Deontay Johnson get that catch? That was really just ridiculous that he didn't get that touchdown and drops the ball there. Uh, maybe good defense, but come on, Deontay Johnson, do better there. Uh, yeah. But also, one, one other thing I want to add about the Steelers is, is this the return of Najee, right? With this new offensive regime, right, Najee finishes with 99 yards and a touchdown. And I know Jalen Warren's there. He's still going to be there. But you could be in a situation where Najee or Jalen Warren are a decent enough start. Next matchup is at home against Arizona. So certainly a favorable matchup. You can send matchup. both of them. Start them both. Start them both, right? Uh, and pick, pick up Firemuth too, by the way. He's probably in the waivers. You got to go out and, and go get him. But on the, on, on the Bengals side, let me switch it over. You know, my thoughts and prayers to all Bengals players, Bengals players, fantasy owners, man. Like that offense looks terrible, 
right? The only good thing that you can take from that is pick up Jacksonville defense because they play the Bengals next week and they also play the Browns the following week. So there's a, you know, back-to-back matchups that you can, you can have with the Jacksonville defense, but yeah, man, Bengals are not looking good and rightfully so no burrow. What are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, the chase makes an outlook for the rest of the season sucks. Um, T Higgins. um, I was listening to fantasy footballers and they were saying you could drop T Higgins. I mean, think about that. You can drop T Higgins in fantasy football like that. uh, That is insanity, but that is the world that we're in. And you know, it's another Garrett Wilson. It's another Devonte Adams. Like you have a superstar receiver playing with a quarterback that does not belong in the NFL. So you have to temper your expectations, but you're also in a situation where are you seriously considering benching chase? Cause if chase puts up 25, then you're going to feel like an idiot for putting him on your bench, but he's such a good player that sometimes these players, it doesn't matter the quarterback, right? You can get three throws. Chase had like five targets and two of them were tipped to him and he caught a tip pass. Right. right? So like, Without those, he has an awful game, but that's also because it's Jamar Chase that he's got good awareness, can figure that out and catch that ball and make it respectable. So you're playing that devil's advocate or double-edged sword, but with Jamar Chase, you have to start him. Like, I I don't know how you don't start Jamar Chase considering he's like your number one pick, considering who he is, all that stuff, right? Now, Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon, you only start if it's a good running matchup, and they don't have a lot of those right now. They don't have a lot coming up either. So the inefficiency, the stacking nine in the box, because who's going to who's gonna be fearful of Jake Browning beating them down the field? Nobody. So I think the only player you can start in this offense right now is Jamar Chase. I, I can't start Joe Mixon. I, I, I won't do it because they can't get to the red zone enough to you know, for me to have a salvageable touchdown from Joe Mixon, he's got to catch six or seven passes to be relevant if that's not the case. And right now he's not doing that either. And when their run game is not working, they deviate from it because they're not good. So they're going to be losing a lot. So um, I don't love any of that for Joe Mixon. The only saving grace is again, he can catch passes. So if they're losing a lot, dump offs to Mixon can make him salvageable and have some sort of a floor, but I'm in the playoffs. I'm trying to win the whole thing. I don't want a floor guy like Joe Mixon who can give me like a four or a six because he couldn't get in the end zone and he ran it 23 times for 65 yards. So I don't want that. I don't like Joe Mixon rest of the season, uh, but Jamar Chase, you kind of have to start. There's really no other world around it. Um, But that's just the reality, man. It's again, so many people going into the playoffs with these amazing players that are in awful situations. So you're just like, I'm, I'm basically just letting the cards unfold and play out as they will, because your, your decision-making is so hampered. Like, do you bench, do you bench, do you bench Jamar chase and go pick up, um, who's a, just a random receiver. We just talked about Do you bench Jamar chase and go pick up AT Perry because he's the wide receiver one on that team right now. And they have to throw the football. They're going to be losing to the lions. Like, those are realistic conversations that will be had. I would not be surprised if A.T. Perry outscores Jamar Chase. But in what world is somebody being like, I have to start A.T. Perry two weeks before the playoffs start? Like, nobody. But yeah. sometimes you have to make those decisions to be the ones. I just don't blame anybody that chooses not to do that. Because in what world are you starting A.T. Perry over Jamar Chase? That's so funny because I'm in that same exact situation where I have Jamar Chase and I... I'm like remiss to start him, right? Like I can't do anything about it. I'm in the playoffs, so I have to continue. And I and for me, it, it makes it a little bit easier because Olave got hurt, so At Perry is going to be my filler option. But you're right, man. You 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 just can't get. You're expecting wide receiver one numbers, like with your second pick. Yeah. Um. The, the good thing is like, you know, Jamar Chase. If you watch his like post game interview interview, he's like he's pissed, right? In the locker room, he's like he doesn't even know what the hell is going on. Like he so. Hopefully, like that does something. And so you continue keeping in your lineup so that they target their number one receiver. Mm-hmm. But the situation sucks. 
Yeah, you definitely start him, but you just have to know that he could just not be good. And it's not because Chase sucks. It's not because he was a bust, any right. of that. The situation is just awful. Right. Speaking of awful situations, the Carolina Panthers and the Tennessee Titans are in two very bad situations, and they just happen to play each other. The Titans win this game 17-10 to 10 at home, cover the three-and-a-half-point spread under 36-and-a-half caches. I mean, the Panthers are a dumpster fire, show it. They're an absolute dumpster fire. I mean, what what is there really to talk about with this team? Dude, it sucks, man. They're a dumpster fire, man. This is like, what, their second coach that they have fired in two years, and it's like over $50 million that they paid for these coaches uh, so that, that owner, he must have a lot of money because he's got some bad investments and he's losing money. Um, uh, but I'm, I'm looking at him like, was it a premature fire? I'm probably thinking yeah. maybe, but you know, you see what Houston is doing with the second overall pick when you had the number one overall pick. So the owner is probably pissed off, right? He's, he's upset. Uh, the only good thing about this team is uh, this Chubba Hubbard. He's a shining star in this offense. Last week, finished with a solid 17.7 half-point PPR. The only thing is he's got a tough matchup in the running game against Tampa Bay. So, you know, I think you still start him, but uh, he may be the only guy, if Thielen is not able to produce, he's probably the only guy that you can go out and trust from this Panthers offense. Yeah, I, I mean... Can you like Miles Sanders is getting almost as much work as he is. So um, I just, I don't know. Like it's a week to week thing, right? The Titans are actually a decent run defense. You can throw against him and Chubba had a decent day. So is it matchups? Like who's going to be the guy? Uh, obviously week 13, everything gets thrown out the window. You're basically just finding a roster spot and starting them because uh, you could be in a situation this week. Show of it truly where you cannot field a full roster. I have, I have, we have four bench spots in sleeper. I have Saquon Barkley on a buy. I have Devonte Adams on a buy. I have Justin Jefferson, who's returned from IR, on a buy. Um, I have, dude, I have somebody else on a buy. Who's another guy that I've? There's somebody else. Um, can't think of who it is, but I legitimately looked at my bench in both of my leagues and was like, I can't drop a guy. Like, you can't we'll drop play, him. Let's no. let's play this game right now because this is very very important. I'm gonna pull up my roster in our league in week 13. I have to win. Um. I mean, my bench right now is Josh Allen by Saquon Barkley by Devonte Adams by Zay Flowers by and Dallas Goddard, who's out currently, but he could actually play this week. Play. Small fractured arm, I don't understand. So, could I drop Dallas Goddard? Maybe. Yes, I could. Pro- if that's the if I had to drop somebody, it's Dallas Goddard. But like, I don't like doing that, and there's nobody else. Yeah, it's luckily. It's- it sucks. Like, luckily, I'm able to field a full roster there because I picked up tight ends and stuff last week to make it happen. Right. But let me let me tell you my other team. Let, we'll go we'll go over to my other team because I want to talk about this. This is insane. I have this week, week 13, Saquon on a buy, Adams on a buy, JJ on a buy. So I am sitting here with a flex spot that I either have to start Zach Charbonnet against Dallas, which like he's projected 12.3 points because he's the only running back, but the, they don't, I guess they don't understand that the Cowboys are a good defense. Or or am I going into free agency and am I picking up one of these guys we've talked about? Jane Reed, free agent. Rishi Rice, a free agent. Christian Watson, a free agent. Like, am I going out there and picking up one of those guys to drop one of those players just so I can feel the full roster? Or if I can afford to lose, is this one of those few weeks where you're biting the bullet because you're either already in the playoffs, winning or losing does not impact you in the standings one way or the other. Um, if that's the case, would this be the only situation where you'd be like, fine, I understand why you would not feel the full roster? Yeah, I mean, I would think about dropping Charbonnet and picking up Rasheed Rice. Or if there's someone else that you mentioned, I, d- I don't know if there's anyone on that team that you can drop. Um, but I, I would 
be more likely to I be, I feel more confident in a Chiefs offense with Rasheed Rice who had two drops but yet still got into the end zone and still, still saw targets over uh Charbonnet against Dallas Cowboys with a tough matchup personally. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. I think um I I do have the Charbonnet is the maneuverability in that league for sure, but in our league if I hadn't, if I hadn't oh, picked yeah. up Dalton Schultz or if I hadn't picked up Jake Ferguson last week in a defense last week, I would be sitting here. Like I can't drop Alan Barkley Adams. I'm screwed. Like I'm just totally screwed. So, um, that is, that is the reality of the bye week situation back to this game. The Panthers real quickly, Adam Thielen, man, dude, just hit like an age wall all of a sudden, um, one catch, two yards, three targets against the Tennessee pass defense who you're supposed to just absolutely annihilate the last five weeks. This dude's been wide receiver, 23, 31, 39, 48, and 120th. Like those are unstartable outside of this week. The targets are still there though. So that's the, that's kind of the, what do you do with this number? 11 targets, six targets, 10 targets, 11 targets, uh, three targets, right? Besides this three target, one catch game, he's got six or more targets the last four games with double digit targets and three of them. So um, do you still start him because the targets are there? Are you looking for other options because the production isn't meeting the targets? Like where's your head at with an, with Adam Thielen, if you have him on your roster? Man, I think you got to give him one more week, man. I think you just have to. You know, you've seen the production, and it's going to be really hard to pivot this week. And, uh, like, you know, maybe, like, you just have to – the sample size is too little for this one day to see that he didn't produce for you to not go through with it. But uh, it's a tough situation with the Panthers' offense. Hopefully this new coach can uh, get the team motivated and, and Thielen can be back into what we are used to seeing with him in the last five weeks. Yeah, let's get those production. Let's get the production matching the targets for Adam Thielen. <laughs> The Indianapolis Colts were at home taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They covered the two and a half point favorite spread, win the game 27 to 20, over 44 and a half caches. Um, the story here, let me kick us off. Jonathan Taylor, amazing day. 15 carries, 91 yards, two touchdowns. But, but today we find out that he injured his thumb. And not only did he injure his thumb, but they're saying putting him on the IR is a realistic possibility. Wow. And you're, you're in week 12. He's guaranteed to miss four weeks if he gets put on the IR, which means your best case scenario is he's back for the semifinals and the finals or just the finals of your league, which at that point, he's coming off of IR. How healthy is he? How much are they going to work use him the first game back? Now, there's a chance he doesn't go into the IR. There's a chance he misses like two to three weeks. There's a chance he misses two weeks, whatever the case may be. But long story short, he finally gets healthy. He's finally getting 70% of the touches, and all of a sudden, he gets hurt. All this means is the Zach Mossers are back. Zach Moss is back. You pick up Zach Moss. He's a free agent probably in most leagues because after the recent JT uh, usage going up, there was no reason to roster Zach Moss. All of a sudden, there's a reason to roster Zach Moss. You have to go out and pick this, pick up this guy. I'm trying to think of a waiver claim that's more important right now uh, this week than Not Zach it. Moss, and I don't think there's one, right? I think no. Zach Moss is top of the waiver claim. You go out and grab him. You're instantly going to be able to start him at least two weeks, if not more. So uh, bye week, especially this week. I mean, you're if you're the number one waiver guy, you just got to get from God. Uh, with this Jonathan Taylor news, because then you can go out and start Zach Moss. And Zach Moss has proven to be really, really good and productive when he gets to play. So uh, I think that's a win. Uh, but the pass catchers on the Colts, Chauvet, what did you see there? Yeah, well, real quick, you know, for Zach Moss, you go to your bank and you see how much money is in your fab and you put everything in Zach Moss. Yeah. If there's people ahead of you, you pay them and see if they can like not pick up Zach Moss so you can get him with your waiver claim if you don't have the number one waiver claim. That's what you do with Zach Moss, man. Collusion. I wish I, you collude. You collude. 
<laughs> do whatever you can because you got to get Zach Moss on your team, 100%. Uh, um, but another guy from the Colts, uh, Josh Downs, he saw 13 targets last game, similar, uh, I think, same as Ke- um, Michael Pittman, and but he only hauled in five, right? So they play the Titans next week. I know we just talked about the Titans not being a, being a pretty good pass defense against, uh, who is it? Uh, against Panthers. Carolina Panthers. Yeah. yeah, but I think that Josh Downs is a, a quality pickup for you I th- he uh he scored 66.5 ppr points from, from weeks five to eight he's been injured that's 11th most among wide receivers so he's a guy that you can go out and pick up in hopes that he can be a filler uh spot for you in the next coming weeks can't wait to see the week 13 matchups gardner Minshew's versus baker mayfield's versus kenny pickett's versus <laughs> it's gonna wow. be crazy man kenny pickett and gardner Minshew are gonna be possible starters in week 13 of fantasy football i didn't think we would get here I didn't we're think here. we would ever oh, we're in this here. season. I didn't think Kenny Pickett would ever warrant a start. Uh, if you're not, if you're in a QB, like one QB team, I didn't think so. Even but if hey. it's like a dual quarterback league, bro, what <laughs> world was Kenny Pickett getting started? But dude, here we are. I know it's only one week. It could be nothing. Uh, but still, it, like, I think you have to love the fact that the Colts are playing the Titans of all teams and Gardner Minshew right. can be productive. I think that's, that's probably a better option than Kenny Pickett really, realistically. Yeah. Disgusting game in New York. I think I already talked about one disgusting game in New York, but both teams in New York sucks. (laughs) All games in New York are disgusting. The Giants and the Patriots, 10-7 to final. The Giants won. They won this game, four-and-a-half-point underdogs. They win the game outright. Under 34-and-a-half was an absolute lock. But another game, another player for you, another injury. Yes, Demario Douglas in his second concussion protocol of the season. So it's most likely that he misses next week. He saw nine targets for leading the field. And, you know, I'm like looking at that team. I'm like, should I, can I trust Devontae Parker? Can I trust Juju uh, as a filler for Douglas? And out of those guys, I'm leaning Devontae Parker just because I feel like it's going to be better than Juju. Uh, But if I can get some of these other guys that we talked about, uh, I'm definitely going to lean that way. Uh, Probably stay away from anyone that's not Stevenson in the Patriots lane. Yeah, that I mean, it's unfortunate, but it's true. I, I do think if Bailey Zappi is starting a full game, there's some sort of un like an optimistic outlook or an unknown outlook where you could start Devontae Parker because maybe Zappi Zappy gunslings it a lot more than Mac Jones does, right? So the unknown is the is kind of what you're latching onto if that's the case. But yes, if Mac Jones is starting or if they're splitting time like they did this week, which just makes no sense. I don't know what type of strategy that is. Uh, then yeah, you can't really start anybody besides Stevenson on this offense, um, which sucks because Demario Douglas looked good. There was a drive where he got like yeah. four or five targets, three catches, and uh, you thought that you were going to see you know 15 plus fantasy points from him, which he was well on his way to do. Uh, so it's unfortunate to see concussion. Concussion probably means, like you said, especially because it's his second one on the season, probably going to miss at least a week. Uh, running backs in this game, like you said, Stevenson, great. Stevenson's been good. Barkley, bad. Barkley, bad. Stevenson, good. Stevenson, 21 carries, 98 yards, and a touchdown. Five catches, only nine yards, but don't care when you're catching the ball five times. Uh, His rest of the season schedule, the Chargers, the Steelers, the Broncos, who you can run all over, the Buffalo Bills, who you can run all over, all plus matchups for Ramondre Stevenson. We're here. All of these shithole running backs who had had awful starts to the season are all the running backs you want in the playoffs because they have amazing matchups. Barkley, on the other hand, awful. 12 carries, 46 yards, only caught the ball one time for six yards, and he is on a bye, so it's already a loss. Then he's got Green Bay, who's fine. They're actually not bad against the run, so that's a good matchup for him. But then he gets the Saints. He gets the Eagles. And then he gets the Rams with Aaron Donald. 
So not great for Saquon world. I have Saquon in both leagues. So all of my worlds are spiraling. It's, it's just so frustrating to be a Saquon owner, man. Like I, I don't know how else to, I feel so bad for the guy. I feel so bad for the guy. I feel so bad for just what the team is, the position that the team puts him in where it's like 95% of the plays are designed to go to Saquon. The defense knows it. The world knows it. Everybody knows it. He gets hit so hard. He's getting like ripped by like three different guys. He's already a guy that's injury prone. I don't know how much more tread on the Saquon tires are left beyond this year. Like that, I, I think they're just like working him to the ground, knowing that they didn't extend him. They franchise right. tagged him. So after this season, he's gone anyways. They probably won't pay him. So they're working his ass to the ground only for him to not be productive fantasy-wise, not really be productive on the stat sheet, but get bruised up and battered down and, you know, all of the above. So uh, it's really, really unfortunate. Uh, this week, Stevenson was RB10. Saquon was RB41. Like you just, that cannot fly. I'm in the playoffs probably in both of my leagues and Saquon's my RB1 show, but I cannot feel confident going into any playoff matchup right now with Saquon Barkley as RB1. Yeah. I mean, what are you going to do though? You know, you got to stick with it. Uh, you know, silver lining, DeVito got a win. I don't know how against, <laughs> against the Patriots. So uh, maybe that helps the Giants moving forward. But yeah, the matchups looks really tough. Really. How tough. is, how is Belichick not fired after DeVito beat him? Like, I'm, mean, we thought, we thought he'd been pretty, you know, we thought it was like, bottom like this is yeah. rock bottom for the patriots and i'm like okay they finally get a good matchup where they're playing against devito and the giants and devito and the giants beat the patriots oh well, you know how it's because the mac jones is your quarterback and and uh billy zappy is uh second half quarterback so he doesn't have a lot to work with right now he has a they have the third pick in the nfl draft next year so hey quarterback if they get if they get a quarterback you know things 100 around it's a hundred if they are a top five draft pick um, I think Drake may to the Patriots is going to spell disaster for the rest of the NFL. So let's hope that doesn't happen. Yeah. The Jaguars and Texans played a fun game in Houston. Houston has been a fun team all season long. Can't quite come up with the victory here. 24 to 21 final Jags win the game on the road, covered the one and a half point spread under 47 and a half caches. If you're watching the live stream with me and show it, you're watching me just be pissed off because show just kept doing the stupid CJ Stroud dance, CJ Stroud dance, CJ Stroud dance and freaking Randy on the pod. If you're listening, Randy, shout out to you for being such a good supporter, but God damn it, Randy and shove it. We're just CJ Stroud dancing all over me. Um, he had a hell of a day. Talk to me about CJ Stroud, your boy. Dude, CJ Stroud, man. Amazing day. Amazing day. The gift that keeps on giving 300 yards, three total touchdowns, two passing, one, uh, uh one rushing touchdown, 30.56 fantasy points. And you know, who's benefiting from all this? It's Tank Dell. You know, he finished at 14.7 fantasy points. It's funny because you were like, Hey, you know, if you have Dell and you have Chase, there's a world where you start Dell it's over Dell. Chase. Hundred. And- that is not a question right now. Tank yeah. Dell, you start over Chase ten out of ten times. The fact that yeah. we had to talk about At Perry tells us where we're at in the in the Jamar Chase world. <laughs> yeah, I mean, CJ Stroud is playing MVP like uh, game. You would like to see him come back and and it's that freaking doink, that mm-hmm. doink of a field goal. Oh my goodness, like straight perfect kick. I mean, it looked like it had the accuracy and everything, but it just joined right in the in the bottom of the field goal post. But hey, you know what? He still had a great game. Uh, and so um it's just a it's just unfortunate for for Caesar Stroud owners, but 30.56 points. What are you gonna you know? You take that definitely. Um, but keeping with the Texas theme, Devin Singletary. Um, he was on the field for 49 snaps compared to 11 uh of Damian Pierce. And also caught the ball six times for 54 yards. I think that moving forward, Devin Singletary warrants a start on your team. I think that yep. he is the clear RB1 and, and Damian Pierce is 
far behind him at this point. Uh, and I think that, you know, with a game where they're not coming from behind, I think Singletary should see more opportunities and it's definitely warrants a start. Yeah, I think I think all of that is correct. I, what I love about being a Singletary owner in both my leagues is, yes, the snap count in Pierce's first game back completely favored Singletary. Even if you're like, it's Pierce's first game back, right? Obviously, he's going to see a limited snap count. They're going to work his way in. That's totally fine. But this is an air it out, air it out offense, right? So running backs are the, you know, the, the sugar on top, right? The cherry on top of this offense, basically, because they're a pass-first offense. What you love to see, though, is your running back catching the ball six times. If CJ Stroud's slinging the football as much as he is, and your running back is still five catches plus, I don't care who that running back is. Chad has done it all season and, told, and showed us that you could catch the ball six times and run it efficiently and be a fantasy stud. So I think if Singletary can consistently catch the football because Houston's usually down, they love to throw the football. They're in a lot of shootouts and Stroud deserves to throw the football because he's so good. If that's the case and you're seeing Singletary catch the ball, then all of a sudden the once valueless running back field now has value even with Pierce back. Singletary is the guy. I really hope you're right. I really hope it's not just a working his workload back in because clearly we've seen it this season. Singletary's the better player. He's mm-hmm. running better behind this te- offensive line. He's fitting better with this team. I'm not going to sit here and say he's the better player. I don't know if he's the better player between the two if we're just stacking him up 1v1. But right now, Singletary is making more out of his opportunities with this team than Pierce is. So I think that deserves Singletary to be started. I agree with you. I think you can start him in your flex spot uh, pretty comfortably, especially considering the fact that, again, in situations where they're not, uh, if if it's a good matchup where they can run the football, he's run the ball effectively. And again, in situations where it's bad, right now you're trusting CJ Stroud with your life. Basically, this man can run the ball. This man can pass the ball. All of the doubt of CJ Stroud being like he's a pocket passer, he doesn't use his legs enough. Those were doubts. But we saw the Georgia game, and we saw the fact that this was something that he could unlock if he needed to. He could unlock. If at all, some coach in the NFL was like, hey, Stroud, there's another level to your game that may not feel natural, but you can use it when push comes to shove. And that's what he did. That's why he got to 30 points, that rushing touchdown, right? Without that rushing touchdown, Stroud had an awesome game, but his fantasy output is good and not great. It's good, not great. That rushing touchdown, the rushing yards makes this man all of a sudden Dude, he's he's creeping there. He's he's almost in that echelon where you're in the echelon of guys that you want as your QB one in fantasy football. The Hertz is the Allens. So if Stroud starts using his legs, bro, my goodness, the next three four years in fantasy football, this guy's going top five in terms of quarterbacks easily. Um, let's talk about the running backs on the other side real quick before we get to the next game. Travis Etienne, third straight game where he's RB nineteen or worse after such an awesome start. What's noticeable is it's his third straight week where his snap count was sixty percent in the 60s, right? And that's after five straight weeks where he played 80 plus percent of snap count for his team. Now, is that injury? Are they managing the workload? It could be a combination of both things, right? The the, the Jags offense, they were winning a bunch of games, running the ball well. We were still like Trevor Lawrence, still doesn't seem like he's finding his groove. The last two to three weeks, all of a sudden we're like, whoa, this team has turned a corner. They found their groove. But how is, how is this team finding a groove? But the player that's not benefiting from that is ETN. Is the groove for this team Lawrence to Ridley? Is that when this team is at their peak form? They're airing the football down the field because that's what Trevor Lawrence can do. That's what Calvin Ridley can do. Is ETN the complement to this air air it out attack? Is it vice versa? Is it a combination of two? That's what we're trying to dissect here. But three straight weeks where the Jags finally are clicking, Ridley is finally clicking. Lawrence looks like what Lawrence should look like, and ETN actually isn't producing. 
it, it just it's it's a little bit of a red flag, right? Like the offense is peaking, but the one player, the running back, is not producing. So I don't know if those things coincide. If that's not really uh, correlating statistics, we'll find out, I guess. But definitely something to monitor. Dearness Johnson's the backup. Tank Bigsby's not even the backup anymore. Dearness Johnson's the backup, and he's playing quite a bit. He's on the field, I think, for like thirty-five to forty percent of the snaps. Um, so that's definitely something to note. Jags offense. Tough schedule, though. You get Cleveland, Baltimore, Tampa Bay, and then Carolina. The Cleveland, Baltimore, you absolutely hate. Tampa Bay, whatever. Carolina in the finals, if you get there, that's fantastic. So uh, not the best schedule heading into the playoffs, but the championship matchup could be great if you're a Jags owner. The Denver Broncos and the Cleveland Browns in Denver. Denver's won five straight. I don't know where this team is coming from. 29-12 to 12 final. They covered the one-and-a-half-point spread. They put up 29 points against the Browns defense, who I started. Still can't make quite sense of what the hell happened there. Over 37-and-a-half cashes. I mean, I'll let you take it away because your first sentence is how I felt about the Browns defense all Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, they. I mean, they look hopeless and lost as far as that offense goes. Right, that D, DTR goes uh, going out with that terrible hit that he had. Um, you know, and so and it's tough to put any faith on faith on this team. Uh, and so P, and PJ Walker is going to get be the quarterback uh, moving forward probably if DTR is out. So if that offense is looking really, really uh, just just not just not gelling well. You know, and and despite being a top defense statistically, we we were doing a trivia during uh, the live thread where what's the best yards per yards allowed defense and that's the cleveland browns right so they're they're doing good statistically but in terms of fantasy wise it's really hard to trust them they're going against the rams next week i think you have to pivot right miles garrett got hurt he hurt his shoulder last week as well so you need to monitor that but if he doesn't play i mean that's a big uh big loss on their defense as well so I don't know anyone from the Browns that you could comfortably feel good about amari cooper is also out jerome ford maybe but uh, it's just all around, the team is not looking well. Yeah, the offense sucks. It's another bad backup quarterback situation. Rookie, just not ready to handle the offense. It hinders the offense as a whole with the receivers, the running backs. I think you still have to start forward. Again, bye weeks. You're, you're, just, you're yeah. just in a situation where you don't have much of a choice. But I do think the Amari Cooper situation sucks because he's been such a productive receiver consistently under the radar. But right now, I don't know that DTR can support him. I think if anything, if you're you know really just desperate, David Njoku, probably the only uh, pass catcher that DTR probably will consistently support. Uh, it's DTR. So it's not like we're expecting a rookie quarterback to just produce it consistently for a, uh, a pass catcher. But the only silver lining, the one guy that he's force fed is David Njoku. So if you're starting somebody there, Njoku is probably the only bet. But on the Broncos side, five wins in a row. Uh, Javante Williams, you like the workload, right? And the 18 carries for 65 yards, three catches on six, uh, for six yards on six targets. So six targets, 18 carries, you know, 24 opportunities for him. Uh, so you like to see that. They have McLaughlin, they got P. Ryan, but it's definitely Williams' backfield. So right now, he's probably the most comfortable start out of the Denver offense. Sutton as well, uh, didn't get a touchdown this game, but still three catches for 61 yards. He's still the best receiver on this offense, and he's probably the only one that's startable. So Williams and Sutton right now, uh, not amazing, but the workload for Williams and the touchdowns that come for Sutton, you kind of have to keep rolling the dice there. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. It's like, if you're in a position where you have to think about whether you start Ridley or Sutton, chances are your team is probably not that good. Nope. And you're just making like, you, if you don't have Tariq Hill, CD lamb and all these guys now, you're like, you're probably uh, SOL, but you still have to make that decision. I know. It's like, it's like, why am I like racking, racking my brain around whether I'm starting, you know, 
Ridley or Rasheed Rice when at the end of the day, it's not going to be any, the, the difference is going to be a mere three, four points there. And it's not really even going to make a difference in the matchup as a whole. That's not to say it can't, it's not to say that Ridley right, couldn't have right. 40, but the law, the, the, the numbers and the probability tells us that, you know, the, the, the fractional difference is really not going to matter at the, in the uh, grand scheme of things. Dude, I've been waiting to talk about this game. The Rams at the Cardinals. The LA Rams, or should I call them the LA Kyrons? Because Kyron season is officially here, man. Let's talk about Kyron Williams. The Rams won 37 to 14. They covered the three and a half point spread over 45 and a half caches. Easy game against Arizona. Kyron Williams, first game back, 16 carries only, but 143 rushing yards. Six catches for 61 yards and two touchdowns through the air. Here's what's crazy about Kyron Williams. Everybody knows that he's been hurt. Some people may not have thrown him back into the lineup. You're stupid if you didn't because all of the trajectory of what he got hurt and the bye week and everything meant that this wasn't a typical first game back. He's He was on a high ankle, uh, high ankle injury, right? Typically zero weeks, three weeks. He's already recovered for three plus weeks and he's had his bye and he had a full workload in practice all week through his bye. So you knew that this wasn't, hey, he needs to come in and get some of the snaps. This was Kyron Williams coming back and reassuming the role. Daryl Henderson, who had been fantastic, got cut. Like, I don't think you're cutting Daryl Henderson if you didn't expect Kyron Williams to come in and assume all of the workload. And he did. He absolutely did that. Some crazy numbers about this man. He's played in seven games this year. Five of the seven games, he's been RB7 or better. Wow. Four of the seven games, he was RB4 or better. This man on a points per game average at the running back position is only behind the great CMC. So Kyron Williams right now is an absolute monster in fantasy football. I don't know why he's catching the ball as much as he is. He was doing that early in the season, and they were like, wait, we have Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. We can throw them the football. So then he didn't catch the ball as much, and this first week back, they were like, yo, man, we just got to get you back into the offense. So I don't know that he's going to catch the ball as much as he did this week or catch that many touchdown passes, but the usage, the workload, the fact that he's on the field 70-plus percent of the time, and it's just Royce Freeman on the other end who's not there for passing down situations whatsoever. Kyron Williams right now, man full send and then hey you want the cherry on top show it look at this playoff schedule the washington commanders the saints and the new york giants so two out of those three weeks that man should be a top five running back i am so happy about kyron williams so glad i kept him in my ir so glad i started him the first week he came back and he came through and won me the week so uh sorry he was at the expense against you but go ahead (laughs) Hey, you know, it, it was fun because I had my CJ Stroud moment and then you had your Kyron Williams moment in the second half of the games. Uh, so, you know, and, and um, Kyron Williams is a guy that you, I think you got on your waivers, right? You picked him up. It, it yeah. wasn't someone that you drafted. And so to see a guy like that uh, make, winning you weeks is is solid. Uh, Kyron Williams coming back after an injury and performing is the exact opposite what James Conner is doing. So James Conner... Comes back from the injury, but can't is not the same James Conner, right? He's yet to hit double-digit points since he's been back. What do you do with that? They face Pittsburgh next, and and you're like, oh, that's a great matchup. But the problem is Michael Carter and RB2 is getting 38% of the touches. He's seeing those passing downs. A lot downs. of third down back. A lot of third down work. Right, and that Conner, is, his value is just so much lower. So, I mean, if I'm at this point where I'm like, 
considering benching Connor. And that's because, you know, I'm like, it's, it, it's a shit, it's, it's a shit show, right? Like it's a Connor or Najee Harris. Like who do I want? And I think I'm going to lean in Najee Harris with the, the offense kind of gelling right now, but uh, it's, it's a, it's a terrible situation. If you have to, I guess you do start Connor, but just know that there's a guy, Michael Carter. It's no, it's no longer just Connor's backfield anymore, yep. especially since coming back of the injury. Yeah, like he, he that that was his thing, inefficient, but it's his backfield, right? right? He'll he'll be inefficiently running the ball, but he'll also catch the ball four to six times because it's his backfield. He's on there, he's their third down, he's their first down, second down, fourth down. Right now, it's crazy because Michael Carter came out of nowhere. The Jets just cut him last week and they picked him and this team picked him up and they picked him up and immediately immediately played him almost 40% of the snaps. Like that that's insane to me. That leads yeah. me to believe that Connor is working his way back from a health injury. Connor may just kind of not be hundred percent. And that could be the rest of the season outlook or James Conner is also getting up there in age. He could just quite frankly have hit that age wall, right? right. Uh, he's been in the league for a little bit now and running backs don't get that big of a life expectancy. So it could be all of those three things. So rest of the year outlook for Connor, you're right. I'm with you. It's like, it's unfortunate for you, Shovit, because you got Pacheco. Pacheco had a great week. You, Najee Harris finally comes back to life, and you're like, whoa, all of a sudden my running back room is looking great. But then what does it cost you? It's at the expense of Connor all of a sudden looking like Najee did like five weeks ago. So you're just like, dude, can I just get all my running backs being good for once? It's 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 super unfortunate. It's super unfortunate. But, um, I mean, it's the running back world. Like, right. it's, it's never surprising when you have a running back go off, and then the, immediately the next week they're like off the team. Or like a back, right. like Daryl Henderson had such productive weeks and he got cut. He got cut from his team. There's nothing more you could do. It's just the world of the running back situation. So yes, you'll uh, have to pivot quickly if you need to. Go ahead. Well, what you can do, I mean, like this is what you have to do, right? John, if you have Jonathan Taylor and he got hurt and Zach Moss was out there on the bench, you got to go pick up. You He can't, He has to be there on your bench. For Same thing with Kyron Williams right now. Kyron Williams is on, uh, is really doing really good. But Royce Freeman's still available out there. So if you have yep. a bench spot, you need to get your handcuffs, you know. And there's there's certain handcuffs that will perform and certain handcuffs like Jim Mercado with that won't. But those are guys that I think you should go out and tar- target. Yeah, you're, again, that, that's a really great point. And I wanted to talk about that kind of on a standalone. But yes, you're you're heading into the playoffs, right? In the playoffs, you're not going to be like, oh, do I start Mercado this week? No, like you need to have your best players playing all the time, probably in the playoffs. You're not leaving it up to chance. So what you're doing right now is two weeks out from the playoffs, you're figuring out what your roster is going to look like in two weeks. There, It's never too early to start planning, especially if you've already clinched the playoffs, you know what seed you're going to be, you know who you're facing, like all of that stuff, you can already look, you can forward, you can look ahead and figure that out. So if that's the case for you, you absolutely need to be building your roster with the Elijah Mitchells, with the guys of teams, of players that could get hurt. And then you know that the next guy is automatically valuable or the flip side it's, there's 18 weeks now, but there are some teams that have a chance to not play on week se- week 17. Like their starters could just not play. The Philadelphia Eagles being one of the biggest ones. I want to. Well, we'll talk about the Eagles game here in a second. But that that Eagles team and the playoffs of fantasy football, there could be a big potential game this upcoming week that completely shifts that. So let's talk about that real quick. Uh, I want to dive into that game, but there's one more game. Let's talk about the Chiefs and Raiders. The Chiefs went into Las Vegas, beat the Raiders 31 to 17. They covered the nine and a half point spread over 42 and a half caches. Rasheed Rice, best game of the season, eight for 107 and a touchdown, 10 targets. It's his first 100-yard game of the season. First game with double-digit targets. First game with more than five catches. He's a wide receiver three on the week. This offense struggled, but once Rice got unlocked, all of a sudden, this offense started clicking. Rice owner, 
optimistic perspective. I want to believe that there's a correlation with, wow, you got somebody else involved and all of a sudden the offense started clicking. Kelsey still got 91 yards, but that was all after they were like, wow, there's another player we could try to somewhat get the ball to and open up the offense a little bit more. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't like they threw a bomb to him. It wasn't, you know, it was an in route and he just ran it all the way and he still had a couple of drops. So it's not perfect, but What's important here is MVS used to see the field on like 70% of snaps, even if he was blocking, just running go routes, not being used, but just still on the field. Same with Sky Moore. Rasheed Rice has overtaken both of those guys in terms of snap count on the football field. And so not only is he on the field more, when he's on the field right now, he's producing. So those things can correlate to one another because we've seen the numbers. So what that means is for the first time personally, you know, as a Rasheed Rice owner, this is the first week where I'm like, man, is there something to grasp at here and something to be uh, happy or optimistic about moving forward? Because the Chiefs offense, like, let's not paint a, you know, a, a nice picture for them. They've been sucking. Like, they've been bad. And outside of Kelsey, no one produces. And Mahomes is having a subpar year because of that fact. So they are desperate to find another person to open that up, open up that offense with. I think Rishi Rice can be that guy. I think because they saw it happen now, they're more inclined to be like, let's give this guy more options. Let's give this guy more opportunities and see what he can do with it. So I think the future is bright for Rishi Rice. Uh, By weeks galore, I'm starting him this week because I have to, but I feel great going into the playoffs knowing that I'm rostering a player that is getting passes thrown to from Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs haven't locked up shit yet, right? So there's not a world right now where I see the Chiefs getting, you know, benching their players or resting anything like that. They're playing for a bye. They need the bye desperately. They want to play an arrowhead. So I think they're going to be going all out. And I love Rasheed Rice uh, rest of the season. I feel great about it. Yeah. I mean, first of all, like this game was interesting because the Chiefs were down 14 to zero against the mm-hmm. Raiders. You're like, what the hell is going on right now? Are the Raiders really about to? Because they pulled that upset last year. It's like, is this what's going to happen? And then, you know, you think about the receivers, like every single receiver has had their opportunity. Like MVS had his chance last week. Dude, he just dropped that catch. Like, Straight up dropped it. And Sky Moore has had plenty of opportunities, right? So Rasheed Rice, like at this point, like he's he's the best option for that team. Like he he like there's 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 no Tony's hurt, like Tony's right. like just random. Right. right. So this is the guy that can step up. And so I think the the sky is the limit for Rasheed Rice and his outlook moving forward. Not maybe wide receiver two spot, but definitely flex, flex sure. worthy. Yeah, definitely flex worthy. Um and and the other side of things, uh, you know, not the other side, but the running back situation. I think Pacheco. I just want to highlight that had a solid, solid game. RB four, twenty three point four points. I was ready to name my firstborn son Isaiah if he won me this week, but I couldn't because of Kyron Williams. But you know what? I'm I'm like okay with that because my grandma, my my grandparents would not be able to say Isaiah to my kids. They can't. They, it, we're immigrants. They wouldn't be able to do that. So I'm glad that didn't happen. But you know, Pacheco. Great, great matchups coming up, right? You got matchups against Green Bay. You got matchups against Buffalo, New England, Las Vegas, and Cincinnati. I think that those all bode well for Pacheco. And I think that moving forward, heading to the playoffs, uh, Pacheco is going to be, if you get to the playoffs, is going to be a great uh, running by RB1 for you. Yeah, the catches were what was awesome this week because he had he wasn't getting catches the last couple of weeks. Just highlight, keep in mind, Jarek McKinnon was out, right? So Jarek McKinnon did not play this week. Jarek McKinnon is their third down guy. Jarek McKinnon is the guy that in the red zone, for whatever reason, they love to throw passes to and whatnot. And he was so clutched down the stretch last year and in the playoffs that 
I love Pacheco, but I also think that his ceiling is limited. Great game. Two touchdowns though, right? Two rushing touchdowns from the one yard line, I believe. Um, So if not for that, you know, maybe not, maybe not the best day, but still, you would still take the production. Don't get me wrong. I just think that the, the reason I traded away Pacheco and the reason why it's frustrating with Pacheco is if, if they used him like a three down back, he'd be fantastic. And I think he can shoulder that load, but for some reason, they love McKinnon on third downs. They love his pass catching. They love his pass protecting. So they love everything about McKinnon on third downs. And if you're not, you know, he's Pacheco runs the ball at 12 to 15 times a game. So your hundred yard games are pretty tough to attain at that number. Right. So you're banking on the fact that he's rumbling into the end zone to get over 10 points. And, and I think that's where the struggle lies for me and Pacheco is I love the player. I think he would be very productive if they just used him like a three-down workhorse, and I think he could handle it because he runs so hard, and the dude's just awesome. But the fact that he's not consistently their pass catcher on third downs is where the the, the limitation lies. Yeah, I mean, at this point, you just gotta you gotta be conf- like just optimistic with the points that he got and with the matchups and things like that. So, I mean, yeah. I, I'm still I'm still riding with it. Obviously, you have to, but yeah, uh, for I'll, sure. I'll, I'm just more excited that uh, that there's an RB1 in my team that can consistently give me points at least. At uh, least 10 points. 10 points, come on. I can get 10 points from Pacheco. Yeah, half-point PPR, you should easily get that. Yeah. The game of the week show it. The Bills at the Eagles. Bills in a must-win. Otherwise, they dropped to 10th in the AFC in the playoff picture. And they lost. So they did drop to 10th in the AFC in the playoff picture. 37 to 34 final. What a shootout. Philly covers a two and a half point spread over 48 and a half caches. Skinny Batman had a day. Ooh, he did, man. Made a day for himself scoring 23.6 points, seven receptions, 106 yards, and finished with a touchdown. Man, I just I just don't see how the Eagles can be beaten, right? They're the, the, it's just the Eagles rolling like this, coming back from that game, amazing game. It's just, it's going to be, it's just too tough to beat. And they face the 49ers next week, going back to Devontae Smith. That's also probably going to be a big high scoring game uh, where Hertz is going to have to air it out. So I see another Devontae Smith kind of uh, similar production. And AJ Brown, it's not like he had a bad day. He, he scored a touchdown as well. But uh, I think that there's a world where both Devontae Smith and AJ Brown produce for, for uh, on, a, on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, I think no Dallas Goddard is Devontae Smith full go. Like, you need to full send that man when there's no Dallas Goddard. And yeah, like, uh, you know, he had lackluster weeks, you know, don't get me wrong, but we kept losing sight of the fact that this man is immensely talented. He's a really, really good receiver. He would be a number one receiver on most most teams. And the fact that A.J. Brown's on his team is not a hindrance. It actually helps him because it takes away the best cornerback. It takes away the most physical cornerback. It takes away the biggest cornerback. And Devontae Smith's a smaller dude. So he wants A.J. Brown to take away those cornerbacks so he can get the smaller guys. And I think he's going to roll with that. And I think you have to absolutely start him. Uh, he's, he's, He's really good. He's really, really good. But what this game just did not disappoint on any level, right? Battle of the two best fantasy quarterbacks, just zero disappointments. Josh Allen, incredible 39 fantasy points like josh allen has his faults he turns the ball over for sure but he also like he turns the ball over but also equates to the most points and touchdowns for any other team in the league right so he's scoring the most touchdowns but he's he also turns the ball over so you're in this kind of like i don't know what to do with this information but 39 fantasy points is what you do with that information right he's quarterback one on the week he's quarterback one on the year he's quarterback one on the year by like more than two games played worth of points versus the next guy. So he's dominating the quarterback position. QB two on the year, the guy right behind him, Jalen Hurts, 34 and a half fantasy points. QB two on the year, QB two on the week. Their season totals positions absolutely lined up. Here's what's crazy. You go into the playoffs, Josh Allen, 
the Bills playoff hopes are in jeopardy. Right now they're six and six and they're 10th in the AFC. So they're fighting for their lives. There will be no benching of Josh Allen. There will be no like, oh, let's, you know, lollygag our way into the playoffs. These guys are fighting for their lives just to make the playoffs. Every game will be playing as hard out. I don't care the matchup. Josh Allen is probably going to be on a lot of winning fantasy football teams this season. Now, Jalen Hurts, better situation because he's got a better schedule, but here's the fear. The Eagles are two games up on the 49ers right now for the number one seed. And guess who they play this week, Trevor? They play the 49ers. 49ers. So yep. if the Eagles win Ooh. this game, oh God, they have, they almost have a four-game lead on the number one seed because they have a three-game lead plus the tiebreaker with the 49ers. You know what that means? Week 17, Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, DeAndre Swift, Dallas Goddard, none of those guys may play. If they have the first seed clinched in week 16, they may play. I don't see a world where the starters get benched for two straight weeks because that's kind of just throwing off the rhythm, but it would not surprise me at all if they play a half. It would not surprise me at all if they don't play at all. It would not surprise me at all if they play all the games. But you have to think about the fact that if the Eagles beat the 49 if the Eagles beat the 49ers this week, they're up 3 games on the 49ers for the number 1 seed and they hold the tiebreak. So at that point again, it's pretty much locked up for you. So you really have to think about in the playoffs, is there a world where Hurts, Brown, Smith, those guys are benched in week 17? There certainly could be. So plan ahead and plan accordingly. Make sure you roster a quarterback in week 17 that you see has maybe a favorable matchup because you kind of have to. You know what's crazy about this is, well, first of all, the Eagles have been to the Super Bowl. Like they're not, playoffs is not even like, that's no. like, that's a given. Yeah, that's like, what I'm they, saying. They, they, they want to get to their the team right line. now and be like, yeah. we're fine for six weeks because we're going to make the playoffs. Right. right. And what sucks about also what's interesting about this is that Jalen Hurts did not play week 16 and 17 of last week because of injury. So if you're a guy that got Jalen Hurts in both year like last year and this year, and now you're seeing like the Eagles being too good, that sucks. That sucks. Yeah, definitely have a backup quarterback ready in that instance. It's just an unfortunate event. Your your team is just too good. Too good. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I'm pretty sure if you're a Hurts owner, you're all if you own any Eagles players, you are hoping that the 49ers beat the Eagles this week because oh, that yeah. means that they are not clinching oh, yeah. anything. That means they're gonna have to keep playing, keep fighting for that number one seed. So that's like I'm hoping the Eagles win because I don't have Hertz. I don't have Smith. I don't have Brown and I don't want to play against those guys in the playoffs. So my goal is the Eagles beat the 49ers this week. They lock up that number one seed basically. And uh, at that point, you know, Jalen hurts, one of the best fantasy football quarterbacks might be irrelevant in the championship game. What's going to be interesting about all this is what does Dallas Goddard do? If all those guys are out, does Dallas, Gar- is Dallas, Dallas Goddard in? No. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I think, I think if, I think what would happen is ultimately he'll be back before like they're benching them anyways. So I yeah. think by the time the benching begins, he'll be fully healthy and I expect him to be benched. Along him, with him, he's also going to get benched. Okay. Yeah. Fair. We'll see. But a great game there. Eagles win that game. Bills jeopardy, man. Six and six, not even anywhere remotely in the playoff picture, which is just crazy. Sunday night football, the Ravens and the Chargers, 20 to 10 final. The Ravens win this game on the road, three and a half point spread. They cover that under 49 and a half caches. This was just a gross football game. Um, I felt like the Ravens could have done so much more. They could have just blown this team out. The Ravens were kind of whatever, Uh, but the Chargers, like I, the Ravens defense is great. So I wasn't expecting the Chargers to be that good, but let's talk about Austin Eckler because he needs to be talked about. He's kind of a bust. He's kind of a bust. If you factor in the injury, if you factor in the outputs, 
It's just not the usage you like, not the usage we're used to seeing. He doesn't even look completely healthy. He's got four weeks this year where he's been RB3, 4, 4, and 6, right? Four weeks. So fantastic, top six running back. That's what you draft him for. But he's also got four weeks this year where he was running back 26, 32, 36, and 39. So not what you drafted him for second or third or maybe even first overall at all. So the correlation is in the good games he's had, he scored a touchdown. And in the bad games he's had, he hasn't scored a touchdown. Now, again, we, we came into the season and I had my reservations with Austin Eckler because why did they not pay him? You know, why did, why, why did they not agree to bring him back? And he knows he's a free agent at the end of this year. It's interesting how a team can use a player knowing that they can use him a lot because they can run him to the ground. They can use him not enough because they don't care because he's not going to be on the team. So they want to see the players that will be on the team next year to see what they have. So it's a weird conundrum with Austin Eckler where I talked to you about this show of it last week where I was like, man, the number one team in my other league traded for CMC. Like who could I trade for to match that trade to go into the playoffs and feel comfortable? And, you know, I thought about Austin Eckler, but he's just quite not there this year, man. He's just not there this year. The only saving grace is they've got an amazing schedule coming up. He gets Vegas, he gets Buffalo and he gets Denver, all amazing teams to run the football against. So good schedule there, but have we seen the best of Austin Eckler in the world of fantasy football and football as a whole? Man, it's a tough, like that. What are they like five, five and seven or something? It's right. Bad. Like yeah. Something like it, that. It, it's the chances of them. Like you got to think Brandon Staley is on a hot seat. Right he's, now. he's, he's gone. Gotta, he's gone after this year. He's for gotta, sure. If they don't make the playoffs, he's got to be gone. I mean, honestly, even if they do make the playoffs yeah. and they lose this is the his first last time, year. Yeah, it's got he's got to be gone. But like you would thought you thought that Keelan Moore would really turn this team around. Like what Keelan Moore would did, did with the Dallas Cowboys did with Tony Pollard. You thought that you would get that with Austin Eckler. And it's just not happening. Right. The only guy from the Chargers that you could feel very comp, like confident about um, is Keenan Allen. Right. Keenan Allen is, is getting the targets. He, he He's the only one. Uh, that's doing anything. Gerald Everett did get a touchdown this game, the lone touchdown, but that the, the team just looks terrible. But the good thing is they face, they have a really pretty decent matchup. And so you kind of have to, you know, continue riding this train of, of shittiness for the, till the end of the season. Cause you've got Herbert probably in the fifth round. Um, you know, you, you got Eckler probably in the first, first round as well. So you got to keep going with it, but it's just, a, it's a terrible situation. Um, I, I want to talk about one thing, two things. First thing is, um, Jalen Guyton comes back next week and he's a guy that you can go out and pick up and could consider him starting on your team. He's, he's better than Quentin Johnston and he's, uh, Who sorry, not, not, sorry, Joshua Palmer, not Palmer, Palmer, Palmer. Okay. Joshua Palmer is better than Guyton and better than Quentin Johnston. And he's, he's a wide receiver too on that team. He's a flex worthy, uh, position. And another thing I want to talk about is very funny. And this is for Randy that was listening to our live. We were talking about Zay Flowers versus Devontae Smith. Who should we start? And me and you both were saying, start Devontae Smith. Luckily, he, he started uh, Zay Flowers, but luckily for him, Zay Flowers got that last minute rushing touchdown, which honestly, he should have probably went down for. Yeah, uh, he, finished with, <laughs> he finished with 23.2 points, but I think that was a very lucky thing to happen if you're a Zay Flowers owner, right? Like, oh, yeah. no way, no way that you're going to actually get that, expect that touchdown end of, end of the game when you can just run out the clock. Uh, so I think that Devontae Smith versus Zay Flowers, I think it should have still still been still been Zay Flowers, but it, uh, Devontae Smith, but it was very interesting that he got that last minute lucky ass touchdown where he should have brought that went down so shout out to randy you probably lucked out uh or you, you got lucky but uh next time just go with Devontae Smith, bro. yeah i mean the reality is even after that like Devonte had 
20 points, 20.1 and half point PPR. And Zay had 20.7 and half PPR, right? So Zay did slightly outperform him, but I think we all understand that the process it's, it's the process over results, right? And the process in which Devonte Smith gets used in that offense, downfield right. targets, stuff like that. It's miles better than the way that they use Zay flowers, freaking screens behind the backfield for like five of his seven targets. Like you hate to see that. So I would love a world where Zay Flowers is getting used more downfield. They're end arounding with him and all that stuff because that means more Zay Flowers usage and he's a good football player. But right now, I think on a week to week basis, you're very rarely having that debate. Like, and and what's crazy is we had that debate. And in the end, I don't think Randy won his matchup by 0.6 points, right? So it was a moot point. It didn't matter who he started. But again, I still go back to process over results. This doesn't mean you're like, oh man, next week, do I start Zay over Smith? No, no. Devontae Smith is the better player. He's the better fantasy football player. He's the more consistent fantasy football player. His team uses him more. His team needs him more. So like all of the things point to Devontae Smith being used over Zay Flowers. But congrats, Randy, on that 37-yard yeah. touchdown run at the end. Monday Night Football. God, that was a disgusting game. I can't imagine if you weren't a fan of one of the two teams. How the hell were you staying up and watching this miserable, miserable football game? The Bears and the Vikings in Minnesota, 12 to 10 final. The Bears score zero touchdowns and win the football game. The Vikings covered three and a half point dog spread. Is that right? What the hell? Under 43 and a half caches. Um, I mean, I'll keep it quick. The Dobbs magic has run out. I'm sorry, Joshua Dobbs. Great story. Pastronaut, all this stuff. Uh, do I think he can still be serviceable? Do I think this is maybe the worst of Josh Dobbs? Certainly. But do I think there's a world where Josh Dobbs can be a serviceable NFL starting quarterback over a full season? No, I don't think that. I think the reason is because he, he he's way too loose with the football. Like the turnovers, you just can't turn the football over that many right. times. I don't care if you, you know, manage the game. Right, managing the game and not turning the football over is way better than turning the football over the way you're doing it. So, uh, despite four turnovers, almost five turnovers, our defense still gave us a chance to win the football game, and it didn't matter. So, people were starting Josh Dobbs because he had a rushing floor, not a great game at all. Uh, we don't even know if he's starting after the bye. The one saving grace is Justin Jefferson will be back 100% after the bye, so you can deploy him, which maybe helps Joshua Dobbs, but maybe it's not even Joshua Dobbs starting. Maybe it's Jaron Hall, maybe it's Nick Mullins. So, I think. You're staying away from the Vikings quarterbacks unless it's maybe Josh Dobbs and it's a favorable matchup. But Justin Jefferson's back in week 14. They have a bye week this week. JJ, Addison, Hawkinson, uh, you should be able to deploy those guys. And hopefully we see some good production from Justin Jefferson, those of us that have been stashing him in IR and waiting for him to come back. Yeah, man, the Dubs, man, it was, it's just tough to watch the interceptions. and But there was that one throw to Addison. If he connects that throw and Addison doesn't step out of bounds, that's a walk-in touchdown, right? So it, There were so it, many just like kind of there. Like yeah. even that throw, right? Wide open, broken play, cornerback falls down. If Dobbs keeps that inbounds, touchdown, easy. You're walking in. But yeah. also like if you're Jordan Addison, how are you not aware of where you're catching the football there? That was pretty yeah. bad. Like that, that, that would look as lackadaisical as a catch. Like the guy looked like he was fair catching a punt is what it looked like. And I'm like, what are you doing, dude? Like you're <laughs> right there. You couldn't tippy toe your way in there. So he didn't do, he didn't help his quarterback at all. He had a good game. Like there were some balls where he was fighting, you know, to catch. So, uh, still had a good game, whatever Jordan Addison, but that is one of those where you're just like, man, a quarterback that couldn't keep the ball inbounds when you have like 70 yards of open space. And then a receiver who couldn't quite understand where he was to just get his feet in. So both guys right. out of sync. It felt like much of the week or much of the game, Dobbs was completely out of sync with his receivers. So uh, just didn't end up being a good fantasy day for, I mean, anybody? 
Yeah, that's kind of crazy that the, the Chicago was favored. I mean, it was a home, right? Home game in yeah. Minnesota. So that's, that, that's I mean, wild. That might be, to, to I, I, think, that. I think I look, I think that's wrong. I think, I think the Vikings were favored for sure. I might've wrote that wrong. I think oh. Chicago is three and a half point dogs. Okay. Okay. That, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, but let's talk about Chicago for a little bit, right? So Chicago, you got players, you got more, uh, you got fields that we need to talk about at Roshan Johnson. So, but it's tough to make anything of the Chicago offense, right? Roshan Johnson finishes with 10 points, but outside of more, uh, DJ Moore, it's hard to trust anyone's. And I, and I want to include fields in that as well. The good thing about it is you don't have to worry about that next week. They're headed to a bye week and, and then it's the Lions where Fields is startable. So uh, I think that against the Lions, you you do have to start him where there is a negative game script and Fields just somehow finds ways to get points and things like that. Um, but uh, if you're if you're Roshan Johnson holder, you probably can't start him. Uh, DJ Moore, obviously you do. Cole Komet, I don't think you can even start him either. Um, so it, it's just, it's tough for to, to make anything of the Chicago offense of all these other uh, players outside of Fields and uh, DJ Moore. Yeah, I mean, Komet's usage was nice. I think he had seven targets, seven catches, but it felt like a lot of that was early in the game. So um, what looked like it could be a pretty big Komet game, even you know if the yards aren't there, but you're still taking seven targets to your tight end, you take that. Um, so I think Fields does certainly help the fantasy outlook, but the running backs are tough because Herbert's back, but Johnson outsnapped him. Uh, we, we talked about this all season. Johnson's the future of the running back core here. So at some point, he's going to be the guy because they need to see what they have heading into next season. And Foreman was inactive and... Johnson and Herbert were both back and it was more of Johnson's backfield than it was Herbert. So if you're picking up a guy, Johnson's probably still a free agent. So if you're needing to pick somebody up, Roshan Johnson's not terrible, but you don't feel great about starting him because in any given week, Herbert could also equally see 50% of the snaps there. Right. Right. And you don't start, you don't pick him up this week. You pick him no, up next no, week. No, bye week. Right. Yeah, bye week. Yeah. So uh, bye weeks galore. You're just trying to fill, uh, fill in spots but that is it dude that was the rundown long-winded when you don't get any bye weeks in one week and then you get six the next week i don't know what the hell the nfl thinks sometimes uh but speaking of bye weeks next week show but again like i want to hammer this home the ravens have a bye lamar jackson justice hill uh whatever gus edwards keaton mitchell obj zay flowers isaiah likely you name it bills Josh Allen, Dalvin Cook, Stephon Diggs, Dalton Kincaid, Tyler Bass, Bills defense. That's a lot of startable players. Raiders, Adams, Jacobs, right? Bears, Fields, Komet. We just talked about it. DJ Moore, Vikings, uh, the receivers, Justin Jefferson, going to have to wait an extra week. And then the Giants with Saquon Barkley. So six teams are on a bye. This is a travesty. This is the last week with all these buys, but this is two weeks before playoffs start. So I don't love the scheduling by the NFL, just plain stupidity if you ask me, but make sure you prepare for this. Again, we talked about it. I, I I don't like to give the excuse to not be able to feel the full roster, but if you drafted, like if you drafted this year and you had Lamar Jackson, James Cook, Devontae Adams, like you know, like your team could be completely decimated with bye weeks and you can't afford to drop any of them. So uh again, this is why you have to plan ahead. If we're telling you now, it's already too late because the bye weeks are here. So you should have already planned out your rosters ahead of time. But that was a wild week 12. I'm so sorry if you're one of the teams that are getting decimated with injuries. It makes fantasy football season so unfortunate. Um, you can grind your way, but sometimes when you look at your lineup and you're starting, you know. Jaden Reed and Demario Douglas and those guys like it's great. You're still playing and you know, you belong and you're in the game, but do you really have a great shot? Let's be real. No. So uh, I, I feel I, for those folks um, for sure. I feel, I, I feel, I feel attacked because I definitely have Douglas and Reed, but they have been doing really good. They've yeah. been doing really good. And unfortunately uh, I mean, Douglas is out. Hopefully Reed can do 
something. Uh, if man, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. Good luck to all everyone in the fantasy playoffs, and if you're in the situation. Yeah, two weeks left, man. If you need to clinch the playoffs, let us know. How can we help? What advice do you need from us to make that happen? If you're in the playoffs, let us know. How can we help you win that championship trophy? That's what we're all about. I am Sweetheart. That's Shove It. We're the only playbook. Happy belated Thanksgiving. Hope you guys have a fantastic week. Let's watch some football this weekend. See you guys later.